Well, he's good. Amen. If you have your Bible with you, uh, why don't you uh, find the book of Acts, chapter 4. Acts, the fourth chapter. And, uh, amen. We'll see where this goes from here. Everybody open. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. In the, in the fourth chapter of Acts, um, notice with me down here, well, before I read, uh, you know, Acts, that's the early church. Acts, that's, uh, this is right after Jesus was raised from the dead and then, you know, 50 days later was, uh, was Pentecost and they were filled with the Spirit, remember? Uh, 120 filled and they preached and 3,000 people got saved and, and so lots of, lots of miracles. Churches just getting launched. They're preaching loud and clear and bold and amazing things are happening. Yeah. Acts chapter 4. Uh, and then, of course, the religious people immediately pushed back. They didn't like it. They were annoyed. Uh, Acts 4.13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. Why would you marvel? Because their education level did not match their boldness level. They were far too confident, far too, uh, too bold to be doing what they were doing, to be speaking the way they were speaking, to be carrying out these um, uh, mighty works. You know, the man at the gate, beautiful, had just been healed. And, and uh, you know, Peter preached that first message that all the thousands of people got saved uh, as a result of. Uh, it said, and, and it goes on to say, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They realized that they had been with Jesus. Why did they make that connection? Why did they say, what? How is this even possible? This is amazing what's happening here. Oh, and those are the guys that were hanging out with Jesus. Oh, that explains it. What do you mean? What do you mean? How does that give any kind of rationale to their, their, their abundant ability? Well, here's how it does. Because Jesus was bold. Because Jesus was a bold minister, teacher, preacher. Remember one of the things said about him when he first started his ministry. They said, where did this guy get all this? With authority he speaks. See, authority and boldness go hand in hand. Jesus was a, he didn't back down from the, the high and the mighty. You know, the religious leaders who wore all their fancy garb and their, you know, all that stuff. And even when Herod spoke out against him, he, he wasn't afraid of him. Jesus was not afraid of anyone. He had no fear. He boldly preached the gospel, healed the sick, gave commands to do different things. He had such a great presence that he carried with him. And, and, and all of a sudden, these guys, they kind of look a lot like he did. 
What's the deal? They weren't trained. They weren't edu- educated, at least to the standard that they were thinking of. Uh, they took notice that they had been with Jesus. So in other words, what was in Jesus, or we could say what was in him, what was on him, the way he carried himself, it rubbed off on them. All right? Uh, did it rub off on everybody? No, no. But it rubbed off on some people. It rubbed off on those who spent a lot of time with him. Right? Uh, this, is, this is, of course, one of the ways that we can get what we want in our lives. If I want something that I don't have, I can take advantage of those who have what I want and get up there real close to them. That would be smart. That would be wisdom. Amen. And, and if I recognize that this is one of the ways that spiritual things are transferred, then I can make wise, effectual use of the proximity factor. I want to get near those who have what I want. Now that might sound like selfish or something like that, but hey, if it's a good thing, (laughs) I like receiving good things. I want to get good stuff from the Lord. And and so uh, Peter and John got that from being around Jesus. I would venture to say that probably Peter would not ever have been a water walker had he not been around a water walker. Hmm. I just don't see that Peter uh, would have on his own figured out the water walking thing. Right? And I, I don't know, but I don't know too many people who have water walking experiences. Um, I would venture to say probably if we could be around someone who did, there would probably be those among us that had that same manifestation of God's Spirit at times. Right? You know, and I don't even know anyone. I mean, I've read about people, but, you know, I don't know anyone firsthand who's a water walker. (laughs) And not that I've had great need. It would just be fun. (laughs) I don't see that I've had a need to do that. Nevertheless, if, if, you know, if, if, for, if, for example, as a pastor, I was, uh, that I had that type of miracle, you know, somewhat frequently in my life, there would be people in our church that also had that manifestation. There would. It's just some spiritual things work that way. There's a reason why it's not uncommon for some of you, and I don't mean that I don't mean this in a credit-taking sense. I'm just saying, drawing a spiritual principle. But there's a reason why a number of you at times will see miracles through the laying on of hands. You'll see it in your own life or family or people that you get around. Because I know your testimonies. Many of you have told me, did this? I was at the hospital and laid hands on this person. And this is what happened. Or I was at work and this happened and I, I was able to pray for someone. I put my hands on them and the end result was, was, was they were healed. Okay. Now, unless you picked that up elsewhere, and you may have, okay, I would venture to say if you were a part of a local church 
that never talked about that, never practiced it, you never saw it happen, that you would not be seeing that happen in your own life. And I'm not saying this is the only place you could get that. I'm not implying that. But there is a connection. When we rub shoulders with certain um, gifts or certain emphasis or manifestations of God, they become more likely to manifest in us. And so it's smart. It's wise. What kind of Christian do I want to be? What do I want to be like? What, in what ways do I want to see God move in my life? If, if I can identify something that's desirable or something that's good, and I can locate someone or someones who walk in that, I just think it makes a whole lot of sense that I should, I should at least pray about, say, Lord, should I associate with them? Is there a way I can be in close proximity to different individuals? This is one of the things that happens in, in meetings like this. Um, of course, well, why don't you turn over and, and look at uh, Romans? It's just the next book, so that won't take long to get there. Just next door neighbor to Acts. Acts chap, uh, Romans chapter 1. Uh, and, and notice here in verse 11, Romans 1, 11, Paul wrote, wrote this letter to the Romans. And he said, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. All right? Now, now notice, notice Paul recognized they needed to be established in some in some things that they weren't. He said the, the lack there or what they needed was an impartation of a spiritual gift. Okay? They didn't just need a meal. <laughs> they didn't just need a new set of clothes. They didn't just need a car. They needed a spiritual gift, a spiritual impartation. Notice also, he said, I want to see you. I long to see you. In other words, Paul, don't you know you can just pray that on us from where you are? <laughs> Apparently he didn't know that. <laughs> right? Say, well, I, I think you can just pray something on people at a distance. Well, listen, I, I'm not implying, I don't think Paul was implying that you can't pray for people who are physically far away and get results. But we shouldn't just assume that everything automatically works that way. There is a reason, like uh, last week we had uh, the healing service that Pastor Doug led. Uh, there's a reason we do that. And we don't say, everybody, first Wednesday at 7 o'clock, get ready. Because we are going to get one of, one of uh, the preachers in the house to pray a prayer that goes out across the city. So everyone stick your head out or something. At seven, and we're going. You, we're going to pray it on. Say, why don't we do that? <laughs> there is something about being in the room. Something about being in the same place at the same time that helps to get spiritual things transferred from one to another. If it all could be done via sending a prayer over a distance then I think we might as well save the gas. 
right? We might as well save some time and just do it that way. And of course, nowadays, you know, of course, we could do things online and uh, we could say, everyone, log in and tune in and click on the link at 7 o'clock. Put your hand on your screen. Well, say, would that work? Well, I, here's, what I, here's my point. I'm not saying it wouldn't work. Someone could release faith doing that. And people watch, you know, we don't live stream these services because these are for the extra special. Willing to come out. <laughs> But on Sunday, we live stream, people receive, and people get saved sometimes, and, and good things happen. I've called out words of knowledge, and people have received in different states, okay? So I'm not saying any of that can't happen or doesn't happen. I'm just saying there is something to this principle of being present, of rubbing shoulders with, of literally the physical contact that we sometimes make with individuals, and, and how there's an impartation. I started off before we ended the the music there saying, I believe that there is more happening. Well, at least this is what I was thinking while I, while I was saying whatever I was saying. Uh, there is more happening than some people are aware of happening. Meaning we're just in the presence of the Lord, in the Spirit, and because of that, there are impartations, I didn't use that word, but there are impartations of spiritual giftings and grace that'll take place, that do take place and are taking place just because you're here in the service. And this principle is seen in Peter and John. It's seen in Paul saying to the Romans, I've got to get over there. Because listen, when I get there, I'm going to impart a spiritual gift to you. Again, the point is, Paul, just send it over. We're ready. No, I need to be there. Why do you need to be there? Well, maybe he was led. Maybe he just knew the principle. But sometimes there's nothing that can take place of a good old-fashioned laying on of hands or a good old-fashioned anointing that's in the atmosphere of the gift giver. Meaning, you know, God's the ultimate giver, but a gift going through a person. Amen. Have you ever noticed that sometimes a, a, a person can read, like a, a preacher or some, a minister can read a verse of Scripture, and before they said anything about it, before there was any commentary, any illustration, any explanation, just read the Scripture, and you went, whoa. It's like, I've read that before, but when they read it, <gasps> something was like on that. Because that's real. If you've ever experienced that, that's a very real spiritual experience. Because it's the written word, it's what God said, but it's the presence that's on it as it's being spoken. And all of a sudden it can come alive and it, it, it changes things. You know, the scripture says he sent his word and healed them. And so, uh, this principle of of who we associate with, of the proximity between us and, and, and other individuals is important. You might recall the story uh, back when, uh, in the Old Covenant, when, when uh, King Saul, you know, he was the first king of Israel, and he, he went bad. And, and, and so the Lord picked David 
King David, future King David, to replace him. But in the meantime, Saul was still there, kind of in the way, on the throne. And he still had the charge of the, the nation and the armies. And he was yielding to de- evil spirits and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and he, would like, he was crazy. Because he would flip-flop. David, oh, I'm sorry, David. He would be nice to David, and then the next minute he wants to kill him. David's there playing the harp, and then he, all of a sudden, you know, to give him comfort and everything, all of a sudden he throws a spear at him, sticks in the wall. I mean, talk about, someone said, I was married to that guy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) One minute this, and one minute, maybe, I don't know, but that's happened. That was, Saul was that way. Uh, And uh, anyway, uh, Saul one day, after he had flipped and was going after David again, he sent his men because he had heard where David was. And and so he sent his army after uh, his guys, not the whole army, but, you know, uh, his crew, his bad boys, uh, to go out there and get David. And what happened was they stumbled upon uh, Samuel and some other of these prophets. And they were in a place, and they were prophesying and speaking the word of the Lord. And what happened was the atmosphere must have been charged with God's manifest glory and presence because when the soldiers got in there, they started prophesying. It's interesting. That wasn't who they were. They weren't prophets. They weren't called to do that. But they stepped into proximity of those who were yielding to that anointing and that had that gift. And all of a sudden, they're prophesying just like the prophets did. So they went in there to get, you know, to get David, and they ended up saying, thus says the Lord. And so that didn't turn out like Saul intended, so he sent another group. And what happened to them? Same thing. They went in and they prophesied. He sent a third group. They went in. Well, you know, probably toughening up the, the crew each time. All right, you guys go take care of this. And they end up prophesying. It's amazing how that proximity, the presence of the Lord would alter what they were doing. I like it. Because here's what I'm saying. What can I get around? What can I step into? What does someone else have working for them? And if I get close enough to them, what they've developed in is going to help me to develop in that. Eventually, you know, Saul himself went down there, and you know what happened to him, if you know that story, and Saul started prophesying too. (laughs) Saul, the one who's trying to kill David, goes in there, and all of a sudden he's yielding to the Spirit of God. He's laid out on the floor, and and he's he's prophesying. I like it. I just think, someone said, I haven't been working on my friend. I've been working on my family member to come to the Lord. Listen, there is nothing. To, that is, no one who is too hard. Yeah, they have a choice in the matter. But when someone gets in the very manifest presence of God, I tell you, anyone, can, anyone may flip. <laughs> Go from serving the devil to serving Jesus in a moment's time. The presence of God is desirable. It's nice. Amen. They'll go from cussing one minute to prophesying and saying, I worship you, Jesus, the next. It's happened to many of us. Amen. And so again, there's a value in that, in that getting around the right people and the right places. Uh, look over at another verse. Uh, 1 Corinthians. 
1 Corinthians uh, 15. Well, you know, before we read that, we can. Uh, I, I was I was thinking about some situations. I've had different experiences, as many of us have. Um, one one of the times, uh, uh, we were having one of these services, just like this. This is several years back. Um, in fact, we weren't even in this building. Uh, we were having one of these believers meetings. And God was moving and doing tremendous things. And, and, and actually, in this particular service, I was, uh, some of you don't know, I used to do this, but I used to play that thing with the white and black things on it. Uh, and sometimes I would lead. And, and this particular service, I don't know if I led the worship that, I, remember, I don't remember everything that preceded this. At some point, though, I was up there and, and we were singing a song. I'm, I'm leading playing the keyboard and and we're all singing a song and worshiping God and and uh and I look down and and there's a a minister uh who used to live here Ron Kusmal who has been had been a missionary in Africa for uh many many years and and he was in the service he was often when he was in town and stuff and I looked over you know he would have been sitting like kind of right over to this side of me and I looked over at him and I asked him if he had something and he gets up and and he grabs the microphone and just starts sharing. I don't remember everything he was saying. He was just sharing different things. I'm still sitting up here on, uh, on the keyboard playing. And, and, he, and he comes while he's, while he's speaking. He comes over. And, and you know, he's much my elder and, and, and everything. And, uh, and he just stands there. With, and he's just kind of speaking. He's got his hand on my shoulder. Okay. And he's just kind of doing that and I don't remember everything he was saying I don't, I don't remember heart I don't think I remember anything he said <laughs> and uh and and here's what's interesting I didn't uh I didn't fall out it wasn't like whoo whoa you know I didn't play the keyboard better <laughs> uh I honestly I didn't feel anything it was you know sometimes you can sense the power of God going into you or something like that none of that happened um uh, and he did that, whatever he did. And and then we, do you remember if this was that same service? You think, I don't want to mix, I may, sometimes I mix services together when there have been a while. Different things happen. But we got up then after that, I believe this was the exact same service, but he and I got up and we began to minister to the crowd through through tongues and interpretation. All right. I'd speak in tongues and he'd interpret. Then he'd speak in tongues and then I would interpret. And and we kind of went back and forth. And then and then at one point, um, I, uh, you know, I had just given a word or something, or he he had just given a word and I already knew the next word. I already knew what it was because it was we were just flowing revelation and sometimes you you just get it quick. And I was about to I was about to prophesy. Uh, and he didn't know this. Of course, we're not speaking to each other. He didn't know. I was about to prophesy about the Spirit of God going out over the crowd. That was there. And right before I did that, he kind of reaches around me and kind of pushes my arm out like this. And then, because we're standing shoulder to shoulder, and he takes his arm. So we're like one person, kind of. But we both have our arms going out like this. And when we did, the power of God went out over everybody and everyone started laughing. <laughs> Without prompting anything, just joy burst out everywhere. And I thought, I was going to prophesy that. 
I knew that was going to happen. Well, I didn't know the laughter would happen, but I knew God would, would His Spirit would go out across the crowd. And, and then we did that, and, and that was cool. Anyway, one of the things that happened as a result of this, this is very interesting. I never expected it. It was never, he never said it. I wasn't seeking it per se. But all of a sudden, uh, when, I started, when I started prophesying after that, Almost everything that came out of my mouth rhymed. I would pro- I would I'd prophesy and ba 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 bum ba 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 bum. You know, it's just phrase after phrase. They'd rhyme. I'm going wow in my head, and I don't mean just that night. For months and months, I would. In fact, for a while there, I would get up to pray. And I'd start praying, and it would rhyme. <laughs> and at times I was self-conscious of it. I'm thinking, do they think I'm doing this on purpose? Do they think I'm practicing? <laughs> or trying? Because I totally wasn't. I'm like, I can't help it. I can't get out the word that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> but it was, it was it, and it wasn't, it wasn't a learned behavior. It was just like that. And some of you know, sometimes I get in the spirit today, and it still happens. But for a while there, it was like I could hardly pray for my food without it rhyming. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just an, it was an impartation. So what happened? Well, here's what I believe happened is uh, either just in the presence, or when he when he was just standing up there with his hand on me. Impartation of spiritual gift. Something went in, and I left there having something I didn't have before. Hallelujah. You know, when I was in, when I was in Bible school, I, uh, I remember a bunch of us students one, one night were at this apartment, um, uh, just hanging out, socializing, and so forth. And there was, there was this one young girl that lived there, and, uh, and I knew her just a little bit. And, and so people are just over here and over there talking and 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 I'm talking with her, and, and there's a piano over there in her, in the, these girls' apartment, and we're talking, and, and she starts telling me about how, um, uh, about playing the piano. She said, I, I never took any lessons. She said, I was in a church service back home before I came here, and they had a, you know, an evangelist or some kind of person in there that prayed for her. She said, he prayed for me, and now I can play the piano. I thought, you can. She said, yeah, watch. <laughs> she went over to the piano. She said, and she just started playing. She said, I don't even know what I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, know what I'm playing. Meaning the notes and uh, all that. But if you just started singing a song, she'd go, mm, okay. And play it right, right along with it. I thought, I want that gift. <laughs> <laughs> I rubbed up against her shoulder. <laughs> Put your hand right here. No, <laughs> I don't mean I can control those kind of things, or you know. But but we can see that the spirit of God will work that way at times and do special things, and and uh, and some of it. I think, uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm not saying that I could make that happen. Otherwise, I'd go get Dino or someone to lay hands on me, you know, and <laughs> or a lot of people. I'd just find everyone who was the best at everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's not some kind of magic thing, but 
Peter and John got bold from being around Jesus. The Romans, when Paul got over there, he imparted, I believe he did what he said, he imparted spiritual giftings. They weren't learned, they weren't earned. They were imparted. They were given as a gift. And those, you know, those guys in the Old Testament, I don't think that was a permanent thing that they prophesied the rest of their life. But they sure took a step up while they were in the, in the presence of the, of the prophets. I've noticed that in my own life as well. That, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a prophet, but the, the, those gifts of the Spirit do work in me. Uh, prophecy, tongues and interpretation, word of knowledge, at you know different different degrees and different levels. But I found in my life, at at times when I've been around those who who function in the prophet's ministry, and I could I could tell you I, could, I can think of three or four illustrations right off the top of my head. But uh, I've been around them. When I say when I say around them in a meeting like this, where their gift was manifesting that I would take a step up, at least for a period of time. It's like what was in them manifest in me, and I would, st- I would step up almost like into their, to their anointing for a period. See, if someone's not called to do something, you don't just get around someone all of a sudden, you know, now you're a prophet, or now you're a teacher, or now you're an evangelist just because you got around an evangelist. But sometimes what we can see is when someone does already have a calling and a gifting and they get around because it's smart, they get around others who are maybe more advanced or maybe more experienced or more developed in that gift, it totally will assist them. It'll assist them in stepping up. But again, I can, you know, I think of a few different occasions where all of a sudden I'm getting words of knowledge um, and they're like more specific. I like it. But they're more detailed and more precise than I than I normally would get, and and maybe it's the I know this at the very minimum I can learn from it, and if it doesn't last, you know, okay, but I will recognize it more the next time when it when it does happen. But I think it's beneficial. Sometimes you'll recognize, um, you know, different people in your life that are that excel in certain areas. And if you want that, if you desire that, get around them. Do it on purpose. Amen. You know, we all have... Did we read this verse over here? You know, you probably know it. It's 1 Corinthians 15.33. 1 Corinthians 15.33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Everybody see that? Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Well, that principle works both in the positive and the negative. Just like being around people in a negative way will affect me in a negative way. Evil company, companions. If I hang around people who are doing the wrong thing and I do that enough, it's going to eat me up. It's going to mess me up. And how how many think we should be wise concerning this? There's a reason this is written, the reason we have uh, wisdom like this. It's so that we say, hey, I need to watch my associations. I'm not talking about Christians stepping out of the world and having no influence on the world, but I, I've, I've wanted to say to many Christians who surrounded themselves with people who are doing all kinds of ungodly things, and they think they're being a light in their life, 
I said, really, are they being a light in your life, or, or are you being a light in their, their life, or are they being darkness in yours? Because how many know we have to be real with ourselves? There are some struggling Christians, and all their associations are worldly, and they, don't, they, would, they would do fine, but every time they get around this certain crowd, that's when they go out and they're tempted to drink and, 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 and party and do all that kind of stuff or watch stuff that they shouldn't watch. And, and it's whenever they get around that crowd, they end up doing that. You're no evangelist of the Lord when, when you're being influenced by them. Well, we have to be real with ourselves. Am I, am I having an effect upon these people or really am I just setting myself up for failure? Yeah, but I'm not implying that Christians should stay away from all people in the world. No, we want to be a light in this, in this, in this world. But we can use this principle, if evil company corrupts good habits, then good company would help my habits, help my good habits, right? Help my morals. And, uh, and it's that principle, again, that we mentioned with Peter and John in the beginning. It affects us, and so let's be wise and avoid the negative, but let's be smart as well. And say, well, who can I be around that enhances the work of God in my own life? That strengthens me in my conviction. Strengthens me in my dedication and my walk with the Lord. Huh? And, 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 and again, being in a service like this is, one, is, uh, is part of that. Because there's an anointing here. And there's an anointing here right now. And that anointing is having an influence, a positive influence on us that, it, that, we, that stirs up what we already have and what we already are. In other words, what God has called all of us to be as children of God, to walk with Him, to be bold in His name, to live in victory and live confidently every day of our lives, above and not beneath, the head and not the tail. When you get around Him and His in this presence, that will begin to be magnified in your life and you'll see it operational. It won't just be theoretical, it'll be normal practice in your life. But associating with the anointing will help you to live in victory. Hallelujah. Don't you love it when the Lord does that? See, that was prophecy right there. Some of you, you Christians, you know that. All right? You're a believer. You're, oh, what, what's that? What's that? What's that? That's the Lord saying that. But then on an individual level, okay, there are graces in different people for different things. These, they're not all the same for everybody. They're graces that enable us it, as body parts of Christ's body, Christ's church, different graces that are unique. And when you can recognize, I kind of have a bent, a, a, a leaning, a gifting towards this area, you can seek out opportunities for that to be magnified. I don't know if that makes sense. makes a whole lot of sense to me. Okay, there are some things that affect all of us, and there are some things that don't. I like to be around sometimes people who are, 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 are big givers. Their giving stirs up the giver in me. For example, uh, uh, we had a guest speaker a few months back, uh, Mark Hankins. Okay? Um, he did a couple nights for us back in August, and uh, in one of the services, we're sitting, we're standing over here, and I think before he even got up to preach, he he pulls out hundred dollars and gives it to Wendy. Of course, she's thirteen. 
That's awesome. Listen, that's awesome for me, let alone th- <laughs> 13. She listens to his podcasts now. <laughs> but that wasn't his intent, but that worked. <laughs> and uh, it, where was it? 200. Oh, he get. Oh, he thought she turned around and put it in the offering, so he gave her another one. Which she didn't put it in the offering. <laughs> so she came out with two hundred. And uh, anyway, I just think, yeah, I kind of, I think that's cool. And then we were. This was the last night that he was here, and so he was flying out after the service. So otherwise, I would have taken him somewhere nicer. But. <laughs> But after the service, we were at Freddy's across the street over here, okay? And uh, we got burgers and fries and the cheese curds, and uh, and it was good. But it was, you know, fast food. And uh, and and we're there, and pr- I bet while in the short time we were sitting there eating at the, at the table, he probably gave away over $1,000. I mean, who did he... He gave Wesley some because he was heading off to college. <laughs> oh, you're going to college? I think they wrote him a check, didn't they? And then, uh, and then Jay Peach from the Philippines, he was, uh, he was here for those meetings. We didn't even invite him to dinner. <laughs> he walked in. I, I would have, but you know. Jay, what are you doing here? And, uh, and Jay walks in. Jay, come over here and sit with us. We're talking. Come to, and Brother Hankins finds out. What? You're a missionary in the Philippines? Get out the checkbook. Wrote him out a check. You know, and whatever else. Uh, ca- I didn't get any cash, but... Uh, <laughs> but there was other... Because he ran out of cash, that's why he's getting that, using checks. But it's just like, I'm just see, sitting there thinking, this is awesome. I didn't get any money, but I did get something. I, I've, I'd been with him before. We were with him a couple years ago at a, a different meeting and we a few of us we were all walking we went to this uh, coffee shop and he puts like 60 bucks in the tip jar before he ordered <laughs> now how many know a lot of us we think they didn't do anything for me <laughs> they're paid here <laughs> I'm just saying his generosity has an influence and I like that. I like to be around people who are more generous than me. Why? Because I want to be like them. Who do you associate with? Who can you, who can you be around on purpose? Say I, can, say, I don't know if he'd let me just hang around him. <laughs> and that's not, always, that, that's not always needed. That's not always the case that it has to be a friendship or personal relationship. It can be in meetings like this. It, it, it can, there's different ways to associate because what we really want is the spirit that's on the person. Okay? Um, uh, have you ever been around someone who's just a great evangelist? And I don't mean if they're a great evangelist like they're Reinhard Bonnke or Billy Graham or someone like that. I just mean personal. they personally share Jesus with people all the time, wherever they go. They're always share. I, I have different friends and different ones that I can I think of in my own life and it's like hard to be around them for you know an hour and they're going to find someone and they're all of a sudden sharing the gospel and praying with someone to be saved 
And I'm like, uh, you are way better than me. <laughs> but I like it. Because what I've found is when I'm, I can get around someone who's stronger in an area than me, I usually, I may not come up to their level, but I'll come up. And I'll go away from people like that, and I'll start sharing the gospel more on a, on a one-on-one level than I did before I got around them. And I think that's what happened with Peter and John. What do you want? What kind of Christian do you want to be? This is one of the ways we get there. I know that there are things that are, maybe you've heard this phrase before, some things are better caught than taught. All right? We love teaching, love to explain it, but sometimes getting around people and getting in the service. You can get the audio, you can get, get the podcast, that's fine, but being in the, in the presence. And sometimes there is more that happens than we realize. You know, even with the, with the laying on of hands, I told the, the story about Ron and so forth, how he, how, how he came up to me and, you know, was just, just barely touching me like that. Sometimes we think of laying on of hands and we think of it always in the formal sense. It has to be up here, of course. <laughs> has to be a, a catcher. And, 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 and if someone, if when people are falling, then you know it's God. <laughs> then you know it's powerful. <laughs> Not. Not. There are so many things that happen in the Spirit, and there is no physical falling back or shouting or, oh, I feel that. It's just very normal. You know, it, it, like Ron, he was just talking, just talking, and, and some, I didn't even know it was happening. Something was going into me. Amen. And how many know on the minister standpoint, we can learn and we can release these things by faith without even telling people. (laughs) He probably knew what was going on the whole time. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But we can do it. Now, I've had this, this sounds self-serving and I don't mean it this way at all because in and of myself, I can do nothing. And I realize that and anything good that happens is God. If it was bad, it was me. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But I've had different people tell me over a handful of times over the years they, that I shook their hand or they bumped into me in the crowd and got healed. I didn't even know what was happening. I'm not taking any credit as all zero, nada. But sometimes you come out of a service and you're ministering. The, the anointing is very real on you. It's very tangible. And whether people tried to get it, like the woman with the issue of blood, or something else or just like Peter's shadow it just fell on him but sometimes there's that proximity issue and you get close to someone that God is working in and what he's working in them gets on you and there's no falling out no usher now don't get me wrong I'm not opposed to manifestations of God and people falling out I think that is one of the signs of the glory I'm just saying there are so many things that happen and People don't even know they're, they're, know they're happening. I remember Brother Hagen telling a story about this guy. He was sitting at a restaurant one day, and there, he, there's this guy who came, uh, who was there, and uh, he was either walking out or one was standing, one was sitting, and it was the same thing. The, 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 the guy, uh, or Brother Hagen just touched him like this, or, or maybe he touched him. I don't know. But come to find out, the guy had this serious health problem, and he got healed right there. Didn't fall on the ground. No one said, come out. No one said in the name of Jesus, but there's just a, a healing anointing that was there, and he got healed in the restaurant. The, well, one of the, I, I give the example of the evangelist. I, well, I've been talking a while. I thought I'd just talk for a few minutes. <laughs> uh, 
But one of the, one of the, these friends of, of mine that uh, is so good at evangelism, his name is uh, Andy, uh, Andy Visser. And, uh, and, and he used to do some youth camps for me years ago when, when, uh, when I was doing youth ministry. And we'd be up at camp and we'd do the service. And then I'd take him out to a restaurant there in McCall. Uh, and we we go to the uh, restaurant, and sometimes before we even open up the menu, he's leading the server to the Lord. Serious? I'm like, uh. now I've, I can't, I'm not saying I've never done that, but he was just so much so better. He just did it all the time, and and then I I talked to him a little bit. I said, and he said he told me that part of the reason he did, he would do that when we would go out. It's because he just got done ministering in the service. And the anointing being on a minister is a very real thing. And sometimes you're very conscious of it. It's like I'm in a little envelope. <laughs> Woo, glory to God, it's powerful. And so he could sense that power on him, so he'd just jump on it right away and use that same anointing to get the servers saved. You know, and one day we were, one day we, because this is a multi-day event, and one day we went into that same restaurant and, and there's hardly, there wasn't many people in the place, but the young lady who came over to take our order, he starts sharing, the, sharing with her and come to find out she's a believer. I think she said she was a Nazarene, Nazarene Christian, all right? And he said, oh, great. He said, well, just, we're just going to have to get you filled with the Spirit then. <laughs> she didn't bat an eye, okay. How do you get people to agree with you so fast? <laughs> And he prays for her, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just, in just a second, well, he stands up, puts his hand right on the top of her head. She starts speaking in tongues. And then took our order. <laughs> I thought, that's awesome. I like to associate with people like that are stronger in, in areas than I am. Amen. Hey, all my friends are duds. <laughs> well... <laughs> Two ways you can look at it. One, find new friends. But two, maybe they can get something from you. Huh? Don't cut them off. I'm not saying. But we can intentionally be around, whether it's, whether it's a friendship or whether it's associating with someone uh, who's a leader in the body of Christ by being, you know, in meetings like this. And there's impartations that take place. You know, uh, sometimes you get around encouragers. And you become more encouraging yourself. Right? Sometimes you get around people who pray a lot. And what happens to you? Your prayer life goes up. All of a sudden you, just from spending time, or all of a sudden you start praying more. Is that a good thing? Well, that's a good thing. Well, how did you get it? Were you taught? Well, maybe you were taught. Maybe there was a teaching involved. But sometimes it's, a, it's an anointing. It's a presence that manifests. Sometimes you can just be around a positive person and you realize how negative you are. <laughs> you are always in a good mood. You are always smiling. You might want to let that rub off on you. And if you know that you need to, call that person. Huh? You say, I don't even know anyone that's positive. <laughs> Pray. Lord, help me to be around those who can perfect what is lacking in me. Help me to get in the services. Help me to, to read the book. Help me to listen to the right message so I can 
be where I'm supposed to be. See, if all your friends, all your associations are half committed to the Lord, well, that's hardly going to have a positive effect. Every time you get around them, they're trying to talk you into skiing, going up on the mountain on Sunday morning. Well, that's their influence on your life. You get around them, and people will notice, oh, I see you've been spending time with. So how can you tell? Because you're never in church, just like them. <laughs> because you're negative as the day is long, just like so-and-so. I just did the math figure. You had to be hanging around them. <laughs> Hallelujah. You need commitment in your life. Get around committed people. I like to be around people who are carriers of God's presence.